0: You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. So a few weeks ago, I think three weeks ago, we started a series as a church. Uh, It was on the video link here, uh, about faith at work. And one of the things that when we look to Scripture, when we see um, what it means to be a follower of Jesus actually it's not enough just to say I have faith in God or I I believe in a God uh, because actually kind of even the demonic realm knows there's a God but actually what God calls us to do is put our faith what we believe into action there, there's got to be an outworking of what we believe deep in our hearts um, there has to be faith at work and so In James 2, we have this whole passage of scripture where James is talking about the church, or talking uh, a message to the church about faith without works is dead, right? And at the end of it, he says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So in other words, faith needs to work its way out through the practical aspects of our lives. It's not just something that's super spiritual. I have this faith in God that's, you know, but there's a practical aspect of every part of our faith that works its way out in the kind of everyday life. And so, in ultimately, there needs to be this fruit that's displayed through the faith we have in Jesus. And this is it really in our attitudes and actions. And so the very first week that we looked at it, we, we talked about faith in the marketplace and uh, in how we do our jobs, how uh, just in our day-to-day things that we're doing, whether volunteering or uh, in our workplace, is that we demonstrate that we belong to the Lord. Um, we have good attitudes, we work with all the heart, we work with integrity. we we manage fairly when we have areas of responsibility. Last week, here Julian shared on faith at work through disappointments that we God uses disappointments and and sometimes life doesn't always go to plan. Actually, often life doesn't go to plan. But God works through our disappointments to uh, develop character in us. and it's us continuing to trust Him through the disappointments, through the things that aren't as we hoped they would be, that God's presence is demonstrated, and not just in our lives, but actually to those who are watching us as they see us face things in life, they see that God is still at work. This week, we're going to look at faith at work in our finances. And uh, to do so, we're going to read a story in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 to 16, And just to bring you a little bit of a context, this is in a time that Israel had rejected God, was serving other gods, and there was a season that God had really led Elijah to to bring a drought, to pray for a drought on the land, no rain, Um, so that the people's hearts would be turned back to him. And it's in this context that we we come up to this story, and we're going to start from verse 7 sometime later the brook dried up okay so god has sent elijah to an area that he was being fed by a raven uh, a raven was bringing him food and a brook he had water from a brook so every day uh birds brought him his food which is a bit of an odd thing um birds brought him food and uh there's a little bit of a stream and he got his water from there. But there came a point where the, the brook dried up, as we just read. And so God had to have another plan or God needed to review what the, the further plan was. So because there had been no rain in the land. So then the Lord, then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to uh, Zarephath in Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath um when he came to the town gate a widow was there gathering sticks he called to her and asked would you bring me a little water in a jar so i may have a drink as she was going to get it he called and can you um and bring me please a piece of bread as surely as your god lives she replied i don't have any bread only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug i'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we, may eat, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said, but first make me a small cake of bread uh, for me, from what you have, and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. Interesting response, isn't it? For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land she went away and did as Elijah had told her so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family for the jar of flour was not used up and the jar and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken to spoken by Elijah just to recap the story a little bit there was this drought probably three years at this point, or uh, certainly it was three and a half years in total. And uh, because of this, when there's no water, there's no food, right? And it happens anywhere in the world, even today, at the point that the rain stops coming, things stop growing, and it's quite a desperate situation. Uh, and this was part of God's plan, as I mentioned a moment ago, for Israel to really be dealt with with their sins. They were, they were not realizing that actually the promises and the blessings of God came with this condition that they would serve him that they would honor him that they would continue to look to him and so there was a season that god had allowed or called that there would be a drought that people would get desperate and realize they they needed to turn back to the lord so in the middle of this drought god sends elijah to an unlikely person for provision think of it a widow with a son living in sidon so this is outside of israel she had nothing but one meal left for her and her son before they perished now if i was god which i'm not i probably would have sent her sent elijah to a family or to a situation where there was lots of supply there was an abundance there was maybe a rich rich person that had a barn full of kind of seed and and grain and there would there would have been supply for for elijah and there would certainly The person wouldn't have been put out much. But God has this amazing plan that he chooses the unlikely people to be part of his amazing story. And he chooses this person who has nothing but one meal left. Think of it, one meal left. It would appear that even Elijah doesn't know her. And so when God sends Elijah to her, he's sending him to someone who who doesn't even know the person in which is being asked is asking the food and so if you can think of it if you got one meal left and someone's been sent to you to you for you to feed them but you don't know them they're complete stranger it's a really tall order it's one thing to do it for a friend or a family member or okay if we're going to sacrifice i know you i like you i'll I'll do it but this is a complete stranger that just kind of shows up at the city gate and And so when we read the story, we see Elijah makes two very audacious requests. First one being, can you give me some water? Now, what is happening at this point in this land? There's a drought. So what is valuable at this moment? Water. So in most cases, in this context, she probably would have had to journey to get water. It it wasn't something that she would have had just in her tap, you know, uh, water running. You know, there would have been... It would have been a sacrifice just to give the water, because that wouldn't have been an easy thing to get. Yes, because if water was easy for her to get, she should have been growing food, but she couldn't grow food because water was in short supply. So asking for this was a tall order, but she was willing to do it. Said, "Okay, I, I can get you some water," and so she she heads into towards her house to go get it. And as she's on her way, Elijah heightens the request and says, "Hey." Excuse me, can you also get me some food? Can you get me some bread? Now, at this moment, he kind of crosses the line of her generosity, right? Okay, I'll, I'll do the water, but the bread is an issue because, well, this is her response, right? As surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Now, that's quite a response to the request. Can you get me some bread? You know what, buddy? I don't have any bread, and a little bit of flour I have. I'm gonna make one more meal for me and my son, and then we're gonna die. That's the state of our existence right now. So, no. Ultimately, that's what she's saying. Don't, no, no, I'm not gonna do it. Now, this seems like an understandable excuse when we don't have enough and something's been asked of us would you not say i only have enough a little bit for me and even what i have for me isn't enough the problem is is that she was dealing with god's plan because as we've just read god had sent elijah to her so god had a plan That was involving her and so her excuse of not having enough wasn't actually a valid excuse because god was part of the equation you understand this god had a had a plan and so it was involving her and so although she saw on the surface there wasn't enough god had a plan and he was inviting her to be part of his big picture he was inviting her to be part of the story and in order to do so she needed to put faith to work okay For this story to play out, for this to happen, she had to put faith to work. She was required, however, to make three decisions in in very quick succession. I think the same decisions that you and I have to make in regards to faith and finance. Okay. The first one, in this moment, she had to make a decision to not be dictated by fear. The first thing Elijah said to her after she gave her objections, what did he say? He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why did he say, don't be afraid? She was afraid. Yes, you don't tend to say, don't be afraid if you're not afraid. Um, But she was afraid. What was she afraid of? Giving away the last bit of food that she had. And if she gave away the last bit of food that she had, there wouldn't be enough left over for even her and her son. Yes, that was her fear. Although she didn't have enough anyways... Her fear was that the little bit that she did give would not give her enough left over even for one more meal for themselves. This is, I think, the same fear that you and I have when God is challenging us to give. Uh, If I give away this, I might not have enough for me. How many of you have thought that at some point in your life? If I give this, I won't have enough for me. That's a fear. That's a real big fear. And we can, we can want to hold on to what we have um, and even try to store up a little bit extra for some security for the future. But Jesus taught in Matthew six twenty five to 34. He says, don't worry about the food you eat, the clothes you're going to wear. But actually, seek first my kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. Actually, the the whole plan of God is not for us to be holding on and and fearing what the future holds but actually it's to seek him and his plans and he says i'll I'll take care of the physical aspects just trust me just trust me to not fear or worry about our provision requires us to change our focus from a temporal to an eternal from a a here and now to realizing actually god you have a bigger plan and i have to Change my focus that although I might not have enough at this moment, you've got a plan that calls me to live beyond this moment. You call me to live for the purposes of your kingdom, of, of your plan, and in that it requires me to give. Faith at work says I'm seeking his kingdom more than meeting my physical needs. So I choose to live by the kingdom principles, and because of that I give. The kingdom of God is about giving, isn't it? It is about giving. And in this story, you you think this poor lady, she had nothing. And she, at this point of having nothing, was being asked to give what she had, even though she didn't have enough. And yet she had to overcome this fear. Before she could step into the miracle, because the miracle was on the other side of her not giving way to fear, of choosing to step into what was being asked of her, There was a miracle waiting, but she had to confront the fear of, you know what? I won't hold on in fear. I'm going to release instead. And again, for you and I, fear has this amazing ability to hold us fast and not do the things that we need to do when we need to do it because we fear what the outcome might be if we do. Um, I remember years ago, we were part of a church in Canada, and uh, we were in a meeting that... um, they were deciding to give some financial support. Actually, it was some financial support for Don and I when we were moving to Holland, and uh, it was there was a debate going on in this annual general meeting, which was not a very uplifting annual general meeting. It was kind of a ooh, kind of heavy meeting because there was debate going on, and the, the question was, should we support Tyler and Donna as they go on mission to 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 Holland? And the chairman of the board of the, of the church, of the trustees, he, he stood up and says, if we give this extra bit of money to Tyler and Donna, um, it might use our supplies for the future. And then we might not have enough, you know, it, it might use up our savings. And then if we need our savings in the future, we won't have them because we'll have given them away. What was crazy about that statement is it became a prophetic statement for the church. And so the church decided you know what we need to hold on to what we have we we shouldn't give what we have we need to hold on to our savings account um because we might need it one day and you know what happened one day the church is now closed not saying that this was the moment that it all changed but there was a decision made where god can supply if we release but the fear was if we release we might not have enough for ourselves that was the fear If we release, we might not have enough ourselves and we better hold on for what we've got because we might need it one day. Unfortunately, that's not how God works. He says, actually, I want you to release so that I can give you what you need the next day. I want you to release it. So the first decision was to not be dictated by fear. This is the the lady had to make this decision. I'm sure she walked back to her house thinking, this is crazy. I'm baking him some cake. Or a cake I'm breaking up uh, yeah that's crazy. that's crazy that's not even part of the story I'm baking him some bread and I don't even have enough you know, for myself the second thing that she decision she had to make ultimately was just obeying what had been asked of her despite what she'd been feeling you know sometimes I think when we follow God we are We we feel that we should have kind of goose pimple moments of this. Ooh, You know, I feel this this aura of God's presence and I do something because I feel it. But, you know, this was probably a heart wrenching decision she had to make as she started to bake the bread. And what Elijah says is, that's great. You're going to bake bread. Bake one for me first. Bring it to me. Then bake yourself something. That's what he said. So he had she in order for this. To, to play out. She had to, at one moment, just simply obey what was being asked of her, even if she didn't feel that was probably the best decision she could be making at that moment. And no doubt her son would have been in the house. You know, her son would not have been an older son, would have been a younger son. Um, and if this was their last meal, we have a young boy who always is hungry. And I'm sure as mom's starting to cook the meal, you know, he's like, Happy days. I'm hungry, Mom. You know, when's the, when's the bread going to be ready? And she would have had to make this decision of, do you know what? No, but I'm going to be obedient. And you know, all along this process of, you know, for those of you who have made bread, I've never made bread, but for those of you who have made bread, remember watching my mom make bread? You know, it's a process of making bread. This whole process, she had a decision not to do it, right? Up to the point that she gives it to Elijah to eat, she has a decision to not do it. And I don't know about you, but there's been moments that Donna and I have been challenged to give. And up to the moment you give it, you are, you may be even second-guessing yourself, thinking, did I really hear from God? Is this right? Should I be doing it? Can I challenge you to err on the side of following God's leading? To err on the side of, of allowing God to do a miracle in your life? Do you know what? I think for myself, I've... When it comes to faith, this area of faith, I always want to err on the side of making a mistake of maybe not quite getting it right. In the sense of I did it, and God, were you in it or not? Then regret of not doing it. I'd always, I don't always get it right. But faith requires obedience, and even when we read through Hebrews 11, we we see over and over this this aspect of faith and obedience. Coming together. I mean, even Abraham, he obeyed God and it was credit to him as righteousness, right? But faith was put in practice because he obeyed. That's all he did. He he was he was considered uh, a righteous man because he obeyed God. His faith was played out in simple obedience. Can I just tell you, this might be a harsh statement, but giving is not an optional activity for followers of Jesus. You and I don't have an opt-out. Because actually the kingdom of God is about giving, is about releasing. And when we look through Scripture from the Old Testament through to the New Testament, people have been commanded to give. You can't look through the Bible and say there is no nothing about giving in the Bible. The Bible spilled filled about giving. In fact, actually more of the New Testament, of topics that Jesus talks about, regard finance than any other topic. Isn't that interesting? The point is, is that for you and I, I think God... We see it over and over in Scripture because God wants us to understand His heart that He's not a God that holds on and withholds from us, but He's a generous God. We sing a song, He's a good, good Father. Why is He a good Father? It's because He doesn't withhold. He loved us so much that He gave us His Son. Right? We see this in John 3.16. He gave. Jesus is, is put as this ultimate example of, of someone who gives. Right? We see in Corinthians that giving is... We're challenged to give in comparison to how Jesus gave that, though he was rich, he became poor, that through his poverty we might become rich. Followers of Jesus, he calls us to give before the law. Abraham, we start to see he gives a tithe of 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 what he receives. Then the law is given and actually giving and offerings become a requirement. Tithing and 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 the offerings become something that um, are set out But then in the New Testament we walk into this realm of grace and the principles of giving have not been removed but if anything they've been increased because We're no longer living under a strict law, but we're living under something where we have received everything We've received the kingdom of God through Jesus and now he calls us to live with everything held open to him in response You look at the rich young ruler who wanted to to, um, be justified and he had done all the other commandments but Jesus said, you know what? Do this. Give what you have and come follow me. Now he went away sad because he he couldn't let go of what he had. Something of holding on was, was more important than letting go and just following Jesus. And it isn't the fact that God is requesting that we give up everything all the time and we live with absolutely nothing. But it is a fact of us holding what we have with open hands before him and saying, God, this is what I have I offer to you. You know, I live with my life with open hands. Nothing is sacred that, I w- that you can't ask me for. Faith at work and finances requires us to be obedient to what is written, In the word but also the promptings of the Holy Spirit it was a bold step for her to start mixing the flour for someone else when it was her last meal The the third decision she had to make or happened was she had to give before she received the miracle again Elijah said do you know what that's great make your meal make one for me first then go back and make one for yourself she had to give it before she could receive the other side of the miracle. She had to step into that. In God's big plan, her provision came through giving. Isn't that interesting? Was God wanting to take care of the widow and her son? Yes. How was the provision going to come? Through her giving. It seems contradictory, doesn't it? It seems opposite to our thinking. I, again, if anything goes on, if anything is in limited supply, it's amazing how we hoard it, right? Uh, over the years, you know, um, when there's been strikes of various kinds or uh, you know there's a petrol, you know when, when petrols are is is not coming to the stations because of I like, trying to think of the various times I remember where it's been blocked from the the lorries are being blocked from bringing petrols to the petrol stations what happens everyone goes to the petrol station and gets the last bit of petrol they can or if there's no milk everyone gets all the milk they possibly can if there's anything in lack you get what you can and you hoard it yes is that not our human instinct if there's something going to be in short supply i'm going to get what i can and hold on to it and yet god's plan is the very opposite she could not receive it until she released what she had. If she didn't, rele- in other words, if she didn't release it, she would not have been sustained for the rest of the drought, and she would have died. This is an amazing thought process. In our own personal walk, there there can be misconceptions when you know we just took offering in a moment or a few moments ago, that the church or God is trying to take something from me. In all reality, though. In God's kingdom, God is actually trying to release something to you. When we give of our offering, our tithes to the Lord, actually it's not a matter of God saying, I, I wanted something from you. I'm, I'm trying to hurt you in some way. I want, it, I want you to live with less. But actually, he's wanting to allow you to live with more. But it's a change of mentality that we need to have that says, okay, God, I'm going to put my faith to work and trust you in this again malachi we see it although it's, i know it's old testament we see though he the only time in scripture all of scripture we see god saying test me on this and see if i don't open the floodgates of heaven and pour up so much in your life you're holding back you're withholding your ties you're holding it all back test me and see if i am not faithful on the other end of this bargain if you can just put your faith in me Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has many concerns of it, so I will take care of you. Don't worry about your clothing or your food. Just trust me on this. Release, and I will release in your life. Christians often wonder why they're not seeing the provision that they need in their own lives. And yet, at the same time, they're not giving as God has directed. And can I just tell you, it starts with us being obedient with what he does say. You know, when we're praying for provision, you know, we need to be honoring his heart first. Yes. That widow could have rejected Elijah's request, went home and been praying to God for his provision. And all the while, the provision came, would have come by just her giving, stepping into the plan. And so can I encourage you this change of thought? I think in us saying, OK, God, I, I, I need sustenance for our, our lives. I need work or I need whatever it is we're looking for you know can I challenge you to step into his plan first of releasing what you have as it opens God's door to give what you need we need to release into his kingdom so that he can provide this is really how God's economy works a a year ago uh, about a year ago we, we did a pledge as a church um here and in, in burgess hill of just about our giving giving to missions giving to what we're doing as a as a church assembly and don and i we prayed about it uh, about increasing what we're giving so what i'm sharing today isn't something can i just say it's not something that we're not also a part of and god challenges but he he challenges us in this as well and so we increased we decided we're going to increase from september or whatever it was we're going to increase our giving um Add a step of faith, because it was now going beyond the realm of what we maybe could afford in a comfortable way. The next month, out of an unlikely source, our our income increased, and has ever since. You know what? Can I tell you you can't outgive God, right? Now, I don't want you to have a misunderstanding and say, well, to give flippantly. And to just kind of give away all your money and just hope God comes through on the other end. But it is being, God calls us to be wise stewards, to take what we have and, you know, use it in the way he wants us to. But ultimately, it's when God prompts you, when God, when things are written in his word about what we should be doing, it's doing those things and then trusting him on the other end of it, that he will supply everything that you have need. And you know what? God is faithful when we do that. He really is. We've seen it over and over again in our lives. And so can I challenge you, if giving, tithing is not something that you do on a regular basis, can I encourage you to, to, to test the Lord on this? And say, okay, do you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start. Can I, we all have something to give. If you're already giving a tithe, maybe there's something else that can be given on top of that, maybe to missions or people in need. Take the step of faith and, and put it to work. The result of the widow's giving was her personal needs were met she stepped into the supernatural realm of provision and you know what when I think about following Jesus God doesn't want our life to be a life filled with rules and and just this is difficult because it's hard you know what God wants us to step into the realm of the supernatural where we see God do this the great the great things But sometimes it requires us to take steps of faith before those things happen. It doesn't just happen. The great miracles we see or stories we hear are people that took steps of faith first. And God honored that. God sustained this lady and her son through an act of a miracle. But it took a step of faith on her part. God ultimately is not looking for how much you have. Can I tell you that? He's not looking. He's not looking... For how much you have in your bank account he wasn't looking for the most prosperous widow in all of the area he was just looking for someone who would be obedient with what's been entrusted i want to close with this thought that we all have something to give we all do everyone in this room has something to give the lord you say well i don't have much well do you know what this lady didn't have much we all have something we can try to hold on to it or even store it up but in the end can i tell you what we'll leave this world with nothing you and i came into this world with nothing we leave this world with nothing and what we have in this meantime god calls us to honor him with why not join god in his plan by offering him what you have and say to hey god here's my here's my finances here's, here's what i have we've been in other countries that maybe people don't physically have money but they have chickens or they have they have other things that they offer the lord and uh i've been in church services where people are bringing in you know corn and they're bringing in other things that they're offering this is what i've got and you know what god god isn't looking for cash he's looking for this heart of generosity 2 corinthians 9 8 just finished with this verse it says god is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This passage of scripture is talking about giving. God is able to make all grace abound. Do you know what I? I've discovered that in order to be like Jesus in this way, I need God's help. And God told, or, or Paul talked to the church in in Corinth to to not only excel in the grace of, of love and, and um, uh, what they were doing as a church, but also to excel in the grace of giving. And I believe to be the person that God wants us to be in this area, we need God's help. We need him to move in our hearts because in myself, and I show this in Burgess Hill as well, in myself, I like to hold on to what I've got, if I'm going to be completely honest. I would love to say that I'm that person that gives away everything I've got. But I'm not. I love to save money. Donna can attest to this. I love to, to put things away. I love to invest. I love that. I love that. If I was a, I could be a really good banker. <laughs> Yet God challenges me. God challenges me through my wife even to be giving, to be generous, to, to give God what I've got. But I need help by God's grace to step into this. Because it goes against all my logic. My logic says I need to save. I need to plan for the future. I need to do all of these things. Yet God's grace is enough for me to push past that thought process into the realm of where actually I'm trusting him now for my finances for the future instead of my savings plan, my ISA, my pension plan. Actually, do you know what? God says he will not let the righteous be begging for bread. Why? Because He takes care of His own when we give Him what we've got. Yes? I want to close in prayer. But I don't know about you, but for me, I I need to grow in this. I need God to come by His grace, by His Spirit to help me. That I would be like that widow who says, you know what? Even though I don't understand this, I, I want to be someone who releases. But I need help to do that. I need to push past fear. Maybe fear's got a hold of my life and every time it's time to give, I don't want to give because I fear what if I give, maybe I won't have enough. You know what? I think we need God's grace to break through that fear that we could just trust him for the unknowns. And so if you're like me and you need God to give you that extra grace to step in maybe to a realm of giving that you don't know, where you really could say, God, here is all that I have I offer it to you that I encourage you to stand with me and we're going to pray that God would come by his spirit and he would help us he would break through the fear that you and I would have our faith at work in our financial in our finances so at this moment if that's you I, I want you to stand with me and we're going to pray together that God would move in our hearts this day thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Center Church one church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.sentchurch.uk.